Yo, welcome to the Hive Hustle, the captivating podcast where we delve into street culture, uh, crump, popping, locking, breaking, hip hop, roller skating, and you know everything that helped me grow as a person. It's official now. The Hive Hustle podcast about to sit you down. Go and fix your crown. This ain't a grain of salt. Pick your brain and thoughts, even through a major loss. Still remain a boss. And I do this specifically to invest back into the culture. I got a great guest today. Man, he's like a legend in Crump, but nobody talks about him because he like dipped and like got hella cool at games. <laughs> My boy Doug. A.K.A. Brock. And what was your actual crump name? Brock. It was Brock? It was. Okay. All right. I'm just, hey, I'm just, hey, I'm just asking. I, have, I had a lot of crump names. I had Brock, uh, Little Riot. Okay. Twin Grimm. Okay. Got of Swings. And that's it. Those are, those are the only ones. Hey, he was under some heavy ass people. Um, Well, thank you, man. I'm appreciating you coming on, having a conversation with me. Thank you for having me, man. It's always dope to rap with you. Okay. Um, Now. I don't waste time. So, who are you? What have you done? Why are you here? And obviously, we know we're talking about Crump right now. Mm -hmm. So, what's the story? How did how'd you get into it? What was your influences? All that, man. Yeah. So, name's Brock. That's what everybody knows me by. Um, started crumping probably right around the get grump. The Get Crump DVD got popular. Okay. So, so what, like 2004? Like, yeah, probably around there. Probably 2003, 2004, because I was in high school. Okay. Um, Bash was the first one to show Mr. me Mr. Quinnell. Mr. Quinnell. Imbrogo. Imbrogo. Shout, shout out to Imbrogo. <laughs> um, he brought the DVD to my house because his cousin is foolish. And uh, Whoa. Let's yeah. not pass that up. So yeah, Bash's cousin is foolish. Okay, I don't think a lot of people knew that. So I just they, I knew, but I just wanted people to know and understand. Related. Yeah, blood. literally like blood. So, <laughs> um, he brought Shake City to my house first. First, okay. And we were in my living room, and he showed it to me, and that was like back on DVD. So we had like the DVD version. Yeah. So in two thousand two, we actually had to put a disc <laughs> in a CD. <laughs> But it was called DVD. Yeah, man. He brought the DVD to my house, and we were watching it in my living room. And I was like, yo, Quinnell, let me borrow this DVD. And at that time, when somebody lent you a DVD, you don't give it back. Never. So he didn't give it to me. <laughs> so I had to beg my mom to go on Amazon, <coughs> like the very early days of Amazon. Okay. And I ordered it off of Amazon. And I was like, it was like the best $15 I ever spent. You know what I'm saying? And changed so, your life. Changed my life. So I, I, I watched it, loved it. At that time, there wasn't a crump scene. There was a lot of people doing like the clowning type stuff with the cereal box backpacks and the pajamas with the I matching chucks. In high school, man. Yeah. A lot of people don't know Gizmo went to my high school. Oh, for real? From Shake City. That's crazy. Yeah, that's where I first seen Crump was oh, him in person. That's nice. And then I watched Rise. Ah, yeah. that's nice. So, so, yeah, I remember them backpacks. Yeah, man. I had, a, I had uh, Frosted Flakes and I had the matching uh, Frosted Flakes pajama pants with the blue chucks. Bro, I was... Let's go. It was heavy. But um, at that time, 
Oceanside is kind of split because there's two high schools. So there's like the east side and the west side. Mm-hmm. So there's El Camino High School and there's Oceanside High School. So to my knowledge, there wasn't really anybody doing too much crump over like on the Oceanside High School side. Mm-hmm. Everybody went to El Camino. And um, in high school, that's around the same time that I met Grimm. Okay. And um, I had showed JP or Grimm mm-hmm. Shake City. And at first he was like, this is garbage because they weren't doing nothing. You know what I mean? He's like, this is trash. Comedy. <laughs> and he did not want to, to crump. And then um, at that time, you know, I, I started going to sessions. My mom took me to Battle Nights, which is was like the big Mm-hmm. You know, like event at the time, and that was the first time I saw Tide Eyes and Lil C and Solo and everybody, and that was also the 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 battle night that Chez went. It was him versus an entire crew, and he beat all of them by himself. That was the first time I ever seen it. After that, I was like, I want to crunk. Yeah, it's crazy. That's bro. I went to K Street in 2008, and it changed my life. Yeah, no, I, the first event I went to. Let me be correct. In 2006, it was a crump arena. Mm. I was like, it was the craziest thing in my life. Really? Like, and it was the Crump Arena where it got shot up. Oh. So oh, we're literally God. like, Crump, 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 Crump. Oh, run. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, oh, man, it was crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So, but after that, I was like, y'all want to, I want to Crump. So I took it more seriously. And um, at that time, I think it was around that time where I showed him get Crump. Mm-hmm. And then after he was like, oh, yo, this is way better. I want to do this. And then he started dancing. And then Oceanside kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Um, me and two other dancers, uh, one was named K-Rise. The other one was named Headache. And we were the first ones to come to L.A. from Oceanside and really kind of take it seriously. And we went to Chez's house or Chez's mom's house. Shout out to Mama Oz. And she took us in. And that's when we met ER mm-hmm. and, you know, so all of them. Before there was a knucklehead. Before there was a, a LeVar, yeah. Basics, yep. before there was a Bash, yep. before there was anybody in Oceanside right now, Oceanside Crump, if I could say from the perception that you just gave, wouldn't be have what it had if you didn't go to L.A. I think it's still... It probably would have, but, but a lot later. Yeah, um, because you you and them two other people took that initiative and went to L.A., battled at Mama I's house, and there wasn't a lot of people from different cities. Like, there was only, like, three people from Vegas doing that mm-hmm. back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there wasn't a lot of people that were going to L.A. or going to Cali before Rise came out. Yeah. Or even after Rise came out, like, until, like, Crumb Kings. So we went way before... So. The, at the time when we started going up to L.A. was right around when the Golden Series of Crump started mm. coming out. So that was like so, 05. Yeah, and so like, when we and when we went, we battled everybody. Like, they were calling everybody to come through. We battled all the Roods, all the Slayers, the Slots, the, the, the remnants of the cartoon family, the actual remnant family, the Eyes family, in like three days of just no sleep, just battling. It was crazy, but I learned a lot. Yeah. But so here's a funny thing. So at the time before I was Brock, my name was actually Riot. Yeah, I remember you telling me. And I was on the Crump King forum as Riot. Mm -hmm. And Riot was like, (laughs) hey, man, that's my name. And I was like, you're going to have to battle me. And he came to the house and he destroyed me. And then he 
I, he saw the potential, so I became a little right. But I will, I'm not, I'm humble enough to say he, he it was bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And most, um, most people can't say that. So I was, so this is how I got my, my name Brock is I was nameless at the time. And, it, and I was at Mama Isa's house and it was like, I want to say one or two o'clock in the morning, we were done dancing and I was talking to Crush and Hitman and we were trying to figure out what my name was going to be. And I'm pretty sure it was Crush that was like Brock. And I was like, yo, that's hard. And then I rolled with it. So technically, Crush is the one who gave me the Brock name. That's dope. So shout out to Crush. Yeah, that's dope. It's funny because before I was Mafioso, I was Gimmick. Mm. And um, like Mafioso, the name, like Simeon helped me pick it. Because mm. like my family is from Chicago. So and a lot of my family don't like they're still in the mob out there. Mm. So like people don't really know, but there's a mob group called The Outfit from like the 30s and 40s they were in Chicago like my my cousin my uncles were a part of that mm. so like that's where the name came from but how you understand the aspect of like somebody helping you create it you know what I'm saying or giving you that first oomph about it and then you like building the character from there mm. you know what I'm saying that's dope so obviously we know that you started out really really like in the beginning of Crump mm. what like was it something specific that made you stop dancing or was it just because you got into esports? In the heart of artistic innovation and urban vibrancy, Swarm Culture stands as a dynamic and captivating brand that serves as both a sanctuary and a launching pad for crump dancing, roller skating, hip hop, and street culture. Through curated events, workshops, performances, and collaborations, Swarm Brand strives to empower individuals from all walks of life, celebrating diversity and inspiring unity through the shared language of art. Visit us today at swarmeverything.com. None, none at all. Um, I was literally, so like the esports circuit I was on, it was, uh, I think it was like 10 stops a year. So I was literally gone like every month, but sometimes twice a month. Okay. And I didn't have time to lab as much as I did. And I still tried as much as I could. Like I would still like back in Oceanside, I had one of the biggest houses and all out of all the, mm -hmm. all of my friends. So, you know, my garage was always open. They always you, came was over the, hub. the lab. I was the hub yeah. um, and stuff like that for people to come through in the lab and, and for it be a, for it to be a safe space for mm -hmm. them to dance. Yeah. So instead of being on the street exactly. back then, because you was gonna get arrested and all types of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and my mom was really comfortable with it because she knew who was coming to the house because she watched us all grow up. Yeah, anyway. y'all grew up together. So she was. Uh, she she just opened her doors pretty much. But um, yeah, when I just I didn't have the time. Now dive into esports a little bit. Like, what year was this that this happened? Esports took off for me. When I was 16, so 2003. So esports was a thing back then? Yeah, even before I got started, esports was a thing. It just wasn't on the scale that it is now. Like, and this is only, like gaming sports. Correct. There was only like a couple of, of, of games that people were um, competing were in. Competing in, or like that people felt that if there was enough skill to dive in that market yeah so or like build a build a build a actual competition exactly. of some sort so this is before call of duty because yeah. Duty didn't even come out yet. yeah i know so this is like halo starcraft and like those types of games so you and so, i'm not saying this to be stereotypical but you had to be like a nerd nerd to be in i was i was a super nerd and i i was a nerd when i first discovered halo and started playing it 
that was the end of going outside. <laughs> you was one of those. I was one of those where I was, I was in my room and I was playing all the time. And, you know, actually, like, one of the main people that encouraged me to take it seriously was Grim. He actually That's drove dope. me to my first tournament. Hey, that's a big homie for you right there. And that or was like a, like a before, family, you know what I'm saying? That was before any of the grim stuff. That was just simply like... You being, him being a friend. Him being a friend. He's like, yo, you're good. You should take this serious. And I was like, eh. And then, you know, I that on top of the amount of like shit I was talking online, to be honest with you, and I actually got challenged by somebody that was actually a top contender at like MLG mm -hmm. so like you know I, I went and I showed up in person and I destroyed a lot of people but it was like none of that would have happened if Grim didn't take me up there yeah. and drop me off yeah maybe. literally So that's crazy so now we're gonna shift a little bit mm -hmm. obviously we know you started in Crump real early clowning honestly um, you, you really started doing esports so you obviously have been a part of crump like watching as a spectator mm -hmm. so you will always have a um a different like outlook because you you're now a spectator yeah. like you don't really dance you don't really battle like you've oh you've literally been um like i know when we threw the arcs you were coming mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so from a spectator's aspect somebody that's been involved in the movement somebody that was really a part of the beginning Excuse me. What's your favorite part about crump culture? To be honest, it's when the community is on the same page and you go to an event and you just you you can feel that not only the dancers are there to give it their all, but the people that are there to spectate like they're they're engaged. Yeah. Like they're like they're excited. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that to me is when crump is at its best is when you know, everybody's excited to not only dance, but watch it and everything like the events on point. Yeah. You know, it's not a sweat box. Yeah. I could see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when when people take time and put in effort, mm -hmm. so to speak, you know what I'm saying? They like, set up great battles like the dunamis. Yeah, bro. So I remember I went once. Sheesh. People don't even people talking about podcasts now. Man. They had a a, t, a whole TV show a TV on a website DVDs and the DVDs. <laughs> like, come on, man! Man, I have I remember like the, I had all the DVDs. I remember getting on YouTube and and looking at the um like the weekly the Dunamis talks or yeah, whatever. The Dunamis talk Bro, show. people don't even know like that's. That was content back then, mm -hmm. and Ruckus and them were like way ahead of the way curve. Bro. Shout out to Ruckus, man! Like, dude, people are trying to do that now, mm -hmm. and they were doing it in two thousand five. Mm. Like, that's something you can look at and be like, "Oh, okay, that's where I could be." One hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? So now, you feel like I, I get you because like the energy in the room when you're in an event like that, it's like buzzing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I remember when I went to the Raw in 2014 and the whole world was there. Mm -hmm. Like we had Germany, France, all of the overseas came to that event because obviously Gritcher goes battling Crush, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And at that moment when Eyes obviously made that apology, it sealed the deal at the end of the event. The event was so great. World of Dance was involved. Like, I think back then it wasn't um, Stance, but it was another like media was covering it you know like 
it was really put to, put together well. Mm-hmm. And I know Street Kingdom at the time probably had to go through hell and back to get that event to be like that, but it's worth it. 100%. I think I, that was the first time. The Realm is where that was at. And yeah. I think the first time that I saw that, I hadn't seen that many people locked in since Dunamis. And the only time I've seen people locked in that much since Dunamis was at Battlezone. Yeah. And that was at... That was in a stadium, so that, yeah. of course, that's way different. That was at what, like the... Great Western Forum. Yeah, Great Western Forum. Which was crazy. Yeah. Now, what do you... Now, on the opposite end, what do you dislike about Chrome Culture the most? Whew. To be honest, sometimes the drama and sometimes the unnecessary back and forth, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of egos in Crump with, uh, you know whether somebody has a certain amount of talent or doesn't have a certain amount of talent mm-hmm. or they feel like they should have, you know, a certain amount of respect and people should, you know, brush their ego because they're an OG or a vet and that kind of stuff is what I don't like about Crump, but, you know, comes with the territory, I guess. I guess, like, subcultures and, like, street cultures and just, like, I feel like everything has that. Mm. Gaming has that. Music has that. Mm-hmm. Like... I guess that's free will of humanity, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have the ability to have our own opinion and have our own thought process and have our own beliefs. And I th- I don't think that's ever going to go away. Um, the bickering? Probably not. No, I don't <laughs> think it's ever going to go away. But what I will say is, like, I feel like conversations need to happen. But I feel like where we go wrong is listening to respond instead of listening to listen Mm. like i'm gonna listen to you but i'm already thinking about my response to what you just said instead of listening to your whole message in context Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying we get triggered by something or a traumatic response and that immediately boom like obviously the crumpers page is talking about trauma bonding insane like right now but Mm. that's the fact of the matter like a lot of us went through traumatic experiences and this was a this was an escape for us. Yeah, like an outlet. Now we're grown in our 30s and we're still trauma traumatized and haven't healed from half of the stuff we went through. Now we're taking it out on Crump, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. So so with the dislikes, with the likes, like obviously the energy in the room and mm-hmm. like when everybody's in sync. You know, I don't think even we have to say in, like not in sync, like, well, yeah, we love each other. Because a lot of us grew up together, but we're, we're just not being on the same page. Yeah, like, hey, I might not res- like love everything you do, but I respect you because of who you are. So let's continue moving. You know what I'm saying? When that happens, it tremendously helps the movement. And I think sometimes like you have to agree to disagree and then be able to still move forward. Yes, and I think I think that that's like, that's something that we haven't as a community 100 percent perfected, and it's never going to be perfect. You yeah, know what I'm saying, but that's something that we haven't really learned is to say you know what i disagree with you but you're allowed to have your own opinion you don't agree with me that's fine i don't agree with you okay you know let's just move on yeah Yeah. and that's the thing is like because crump is in essence crump is a dance correct like i understand it's energy we can get deep i understand it's a culture you know what i'm saying but in all in all it's a dance movement Mm -hmm. so in my personal opinion, all of it's going to be subjective, and no yeah, matter well, what. Yeah, too, and, and people crump for different reasons. Like, yes, you have a lot of people 
that crump because they grew up in very harsh environments and that was their escape. Yeah. You have people that do, their, do it for the religious aspect. Me personally, I did not grow up in the hood. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. I, I didn't. I've always yeah. had... You've always been the taking biggest care house of. on the block, yeah. if not closest to the biggest house. But Crump was a way for me to connect with my friends that did go through that so that mm. I could understand what they were going through. And see, a lot of people don't think about that. Like, they don't think about why. Like, it's, I'm, I've been here for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really take to sit back and be like, why did I do this? Because me, I'm the opposite. I grew up on the east side of Vegas. I've been shot at. I've been in gangs. I've done all of that stuff. And not only that, my personal life was horrific. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah, it was bad. So in general, when I came to Crump, it was my escape. You know what I'm saying? Dance in general is my escape. Roller skating was my escape. So, but after a while, it changes. When I heal, when I grow up, when I understand and become emotionally aware my why has to change. Mm. And I feel like people aren't growing up enough and that's why their why's not changing. It's still an escape for them. I remember when I met my wife and I explained to her crump characters and she literally looked at me and she was like, so y'all have an alternate reality. Mm. And I was like, we do. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it's funny. I actually showed my girlfriend rise for the first time the other day. And you know, she she really liked it and she was able to understand a bit more because her first experience with Crump was the Mecca. Yeah. And she had no idea what was going on. She just knew like when somebody else made a face, then she made a face. And she was like, they were doing something tight, so yeah, she'd make the face. That's all she would do. That's all she <laughs> yeah. Did. But like after watching the movie and, and seeing how like the dance was kind of, you know, created and coming up, she understands it more so she can appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. So she understands, yep. you know why somebody is doing that chest pop or that arm swing this a certain way and because she's you know she understands it now yeah so she can see it from a different perspective but you know i think with the the changing of like as to why you know as again when i was first coming coming up it was a great way for me to engage with my friends and, and be around my friends and kind of get the support from my friends because you know i can understand them better mm-hmm. but now as i'm older the why is now because now that I've been in the positions that I've been in and stuff like that, I would like to see the people that I did grow up with also reach those pillars. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? or or just assist in some way, shape, or form because you love the culture. Exactly, you get what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think I'm gonna dance forever. I'm still in the battle scene now, mm. but when I hit forty. I don't know, bro. Like <laughs> my knees is already shaking. Like, when I be bro, doing stuff, I remember bro. being 27, 28, being like, man, after thirty, I'm not going to dance. Yeah. Man, after and then I have, when I hit thirty, man, after thirty five, I'm not going to dance, bro. I'm gonna be dancing forever. But there's a whole difference between being a dancer mm-hmm. and being a competitor, and that's what I don't think people understand. Because if I'm not in the, if I'm a basketball player, right? Let's just take basketball. And I play on the court at down the street at my gym at my house, right? My opinion is not going to dictate the NBA. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where we get wrong is like people that have been here for a long time, 
They feel like their opinion still matters as much it did as it did when they were in competitive nature. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of people got to get got to understand themselves, because I know there are certain people in the new gen that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to bother you. You too tight. <laughs> Like, I know my, and I can be honest, and that's what I mean, emotionally aware. Oh. There's so many people that aren't emotionally aware. They don't know what their limits are, and they can't be honest with themselves enough to understand their limits. Like you always tell me, the pride and the ego gets in the way. True. And, it, and you know, that's, that's something that as a community we, we have learning. to work on We so have bad. to work on it, but we're learning. Yeah. And that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Now, with all that said, we talked about your dislikes. We talked about your likes. We talked about your history. What do you feel Crump needs? I think Crump needs a lot of things, but <laughs> the most the most important thing is consistency. Okay. We don't have that. We tend to get on track with that, and then for whatever reason, the wheels kind of fall off. So I think that consistency is the biggest thing that we need in Crump and also like, like just to love each other, man. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I feel like definitely the word love needs to be thrown around a lot more. I feel like because of the traumatic experiences that the movement has been a part of, whether that be like leaders not being good leaders because they were teenagers when they were leaders or whether that be having people come into the movement that don't dance, invest in the, to the leaders, having an issue with them said leaders and then disappearing. So we have no direction anymore. Like people like rich, you know, rich was a great addition. I don't know what happened with that, with the impact and like the church. And I don't know all that stuff, but I know that he was investing by helping us get, a building so we can throw consistent events type stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they utilized the church so that we can, uh, people in California had creative abilities. But obviously things went sour and that happens on a consistent basis. But I think too, at the same time, people have to respect our leaders. Yes. They don't. They do to a point or it's, it's spotty for when it benefits them, but there should be an overall respect for all of the leaders. The creators, yeah. Creators specifically. And OGs, yeah. You know, especially the OGs because, you know, you have people that are OGs that came from the era right after the creators that are still in the movement yeah. trying to, you know, be glue, essentially. And, you know, and we, put those we pieces to, together. Exactly. You have to, to continue to realize that and, and recognize that and respect that. And you might, there might be a leader that you don't like. Obviously, there's somebody's going to gravitate towards a different leader in whatever fashion, but that doesn't take away from the other leaders that have. And I feel like that mindset, what you just spoke about, right? If I like this leader, I'm immediately not liking this leader. Like that mindset comes from, I personally feel it comes from that split era. Yeah. Where there was always, you had to choose a side. And it sucked. It sucked really but bad. Even though, and I'll be honest, I'll be 100. Like, being in that era and not being able to talk to my friends anymore because I wasn't Christian enough, mm -hmm. that sucked. Yeah. But did that make me respect Chez any less? No. Okay. But I still, I knew he was a leader, hated his guts for what he did uh -huh. and how he took my friends away. Yeah. But 
I'm not gonna say that our friends. Yeah, I'm not gonna res- like or disrespect, dis- disrespect him because him like yeah, that. because he still did what he did. And exactly, and and then, and Crump opened a lot of doors for me, so I I can't I can't like I can't shit on that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at the same time, as I grew in the movement, I also learned that there was other people that I had to give respect to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that kind of, to be honest, that kind of helped me heal like, okay, well, I know I don't have to do that now. Yeah. I don't have to be spiteful. And then, you know, when the Civil War, you know, <laughs> essentially was over, you know what I'm saying? It was it was a hey, it was some fun, conversations. You, you called it the civil war. It's pretty much dude, it literally Oceanside was. had its own civil war. And a lot of people don't know that, man. Oh when Street Kingdom was most of the people in Street Kingdom were from Oceanside. Yeah, I know. So if you like just having to see people that you grew up with that now don't talk to you for yeah. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And you're young, mm-hmm. it you know it fucks with your head. Yeah. So like, but, it does. At Swarm Branding. We're not just a digital marketing agency. We're your key to online success. Let's take a closer look at the services that can transform your brand. Graphic design, web design, search engine optimization, print media, social media services, and content marketing services. Swarm Branding is your full-service digital marketing powerhouse committed to making your brand a digital sensation. Don't wait. Visit us today at swarmeverything.com. And that's the bottom line is, is like Vegas had a civil war too. You know, like me uh, and a couple other people, we were on the whole SK side. You know, we were, I'm, a, I'm I tell people all the time, I was a religious buffoon. Like I didn't know anything. I was totally oblivious to what I was doing to people. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I always publicly take accountability for that because I tell my, I tell my, one of my best friends, Lamont all the time, me and him weren't even close because I was that way. You get what I'm saying? Because he wasn't going to church every Sunday mm-hmm. at Tuesday morning prayer at 6 a.m., at Wednesday night Bible study, at Friday night youth group. Like He wasn't at that stuff. And he wasn't involved, so he felt the same way you felt with me. And there was a lot of people like, see, she, I, when Crush was on the opposite end, and he obviously lived in Vegas, mm-hmm. so like we all had a split too. You know, so I think... To be totally frank with you, I think that that whole thing that happened in the Mecca, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand, but that trickled. Oh yeah, through the whole movement. Oh yeah, like East Coast even felt that. I talked to people that really like were hurt by that time, you know. So obviously, Crump needs structure. Crump needs some stability. It needs something to like come into play that is going to give people. I personally feel give people hope again. Mm-hmm. You know, we have events, like great events, you know, but they happen once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like EXP was great. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Beast Camp events were great. I feel like when I threw the arcs back in 2015 to 2017, they were great. You know, even Crush, he did the Kill Crump event this year in Vegas, and like, I feel like he did a good job. You know what I'm saying? He did the best that he could. Like, yeah. there's not, we're not, we're not investing we don't have the money to invest millions of dollars into our crump events because we're still a small movement. A lot of us are still grinding to build our own thing. True. You know, but that leads me to my last question because this is actually what we're on this podcast for. Um, We've been seeing it on Instagram. We've been seeing you talk about it a little bit, 
we can obviously know that you're the person writing the text on the Facebook page. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you are very very literal, and <laughs> we Gotta can be. tell. Gotta be. Um, what the hell is KCS, man? What's Crump Championship Series? So the Crump Championship Series is a tournament-based battle circuit because tournaments have always been at the heart of being able to see consistent talent flow through our community. Okay. So it literally establishes a system of rankings okay. that are based off of points that you get for how you place in these tournaments mm -hmm. that then can either skyrocket your already flourishing career or the career you hope to have in this community or shed light on things that you're not doing for as much as you talk. You know what I mean? Wow. And so it also gives us more quality battles so that we're not seeing the same four people battle for four years and then they're tired and they're burnt out. And then we don't hear from him ever again. Yeah. You know what I hey, mean? Hey, that happens. Because I know for a fact when, bro, I had a good run. I remember when I first started getting huge, like in 2012 when I was Junior Simeon, like that's when like stuff started really picking up because we built one round. Mm. When we built one round in 2012, 2013, me and Brandon, which is Crooks, mm. we, we won the Neon Battle out here in Vegas. And immediately they flew us to Germany and three months later, and we were competing in Germany. And so when that happened... Mafioso became worldwide known. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously I was in, I was overseas. So when I came back, it was battle, battle, teach, teach, battle, battle, workshop, workshop, go judge, go judge, go judge, bro. I did that for from 2012 to like 2018, like consistently, and it. I know the feeling. I I can imagine how Beast feels right now. <laughs> Every weekend, he's somewhere else. Yeah, and I, that's like, I can see why, like, you know, you have people like Beast that are probably, like, at some point going to get burnt out. You, you have people like Ruin who feel they don't have anything to prove anymore because yeah. he's battled He's everybody. battled everybody. He won EBS you God know, knows how many yeah, times. So there's no reason yeah, for him he to, has nothing else to, to do, do anything, <laughs> you know? And then you have people that are still trying to prove them to the movement, even though they don't have to, like Dread, mm -hmm. Ultra. So, I mean, it's like, and, and there's so much overseas talent that is in the movement as well that don't come here because we don't have structure. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a battle circuit. It is a battle circuit. Okay. So how you speak of a point system and how, like, they're going to be able to rank, how is that going to be put into play? Like, what's the point system? So the point system is, is very simple. If you place top th between first and top 32, you get a sequence of points. Okay. The points are not based off of what you do in a specific round. They're based on your overall placing at these events. Gotcha. That point, those points turn into a global ranking for you. Okay. And it follows you wherever you go. That's so good. now that you have this ranking... You and and you have people that are a part of this ecosystem, which we'll talk about. You now have the eyes on you that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Now people are are paying more attention because you have something to back up all of your talk. Yeah, you're grinding on this circuit and you're demolishing people who you've never battled and we've never seen you battle before. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get a main event. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're mm -hmm. not just going to to get the the lower carded battles at like the, the little cash grab events, you're going to get an actual battle now. Yeah. 
people are paying attention. It's okay. a way for people to pay attention. So within stuff like that, within top thirty-two, like what? How did it? What the? What's the point? So for first place, you get eight thousand, and it scales down all the way to thirty seconds. 32nd where you get 100 points okay so so that's at a kcs tournament that's at a kcs tournament now we have partnered events okay so with the partnered events if you place between first place and eighth place okay you get anywhere from a thousand points for first place ah. down to 100 points for eighth place okay got you so you'll have like there'll be like five six partnered events throughout the year we're trying to do that yeah so we want to well we eventually eventually yeah, yeah. so we want to make sure that the partnered events, they're not necessarily fillers because those events thrive in their own environment. Yeah. But we want to make sure that people have a chance to earn points for the main KCS events so that they're not just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting four and five months for a next The event. next circuit. Yeah. yeah. You don't so they can cold. consistently get points. Yeah, so you can consistently get points, compete, and consistently be mm. able to market yourself ah so yeah if you travel to one of the kcs events you make top eight you get close to eight thousand points then you go thousand points or, well no if it's a kcs oh, event a KCS you said event, yeah. top 32 kcs first event, place correct. gets eight thousand right correct okay so it, it goes down so, yes so say we know that the first kcs event is in vegas it next is. year so like there's going to be a I, I know for a fact there's through the grapevine, there's going to be a couple events, like maybe one or two events before that, where their tournament is going to be a KCS, like partner tournament, right? Correct. Okay. So then they'll have opportunity there. They'll have opportunity there. So then if they go to KCS, they could already have points. Yeah, correct. So, and those points are crucial because they also determine seating. That's something that we've mm -hmm. never seen in Crump. Yeah. We have somebody who, a bunch of people that will enter a tournament and you know, whether they just throw them on a board in a random spot because they want to see certain people battle somebody at some yeah. point. With this, the more points you have, the higher seed you have, and the higher seeded you are, the more likely you're going to have an easier bracket than somebody that's lower seed that's <laughs> going to go through the gauntlet. Wow. So that's kind of like to to think about it in a in a in a game aspect, like Mario Kart, when you start at eighth place, you got to kind of get past everybody in the race. But if you are seated in first place, it's you're, easier. you're already ahead. Yeah, you're already ahead. That makes, that so makes a lot of sense. So that's why these first two partnered events are so crucial, because that's when you are going to be able to get those, those extra points. points. Those so extra that points. way you're sitting at a seat already because you went to both of these events and you won. So exactly. To speak. And, if, and with these tournaments that will 100% drive elite talent, can you imagine being in a tournament and you're not going to have to see somebody like Beast or Dread until later in the tournament because you have a better seed? That's crazy. So you could like literally strategically plan shit out. No, you can't. Oh, really? You cannot. You, there's no. There's no way. So they won't know it. what seat they're in. So the brackets won't be released until a couple weeks before the event. So Whoa. that then you can see what the bracket looks like, but you're not going to be able to finesse your way in and do so, like just because you you sign up at a certain time. Uh, if like the only thing that can help your chances at having a better bracket or one that may not be as hard is by your seating mm. and the higher your points. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the brackets are randomized, right? They are randomized. That's perfect. So ain't nobody got no say in nothing. So the only way that, I mean, like, 
you'll get to the point where you're like, okay, the first seed is always going to go against the last seed. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to see it like that. But if you don't you have, won't know who is, you have no you won't idea know who it is. You have no idea. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to give us structure. It's going to give us consistency. It's going to give us statistics. And that's one need. thing. That's one thing Crump doesn't have. You don't have that. Everybody's opinionated. But they don't have stats. Like, I know people can say, I won this tournament, I won this tournament. Like, we know who people And we who can wins. see that if we yeah. go through the footage. Yeah, but if not, you, you can't sit here and look and be like, okay, this person's at, oh, wow. Okay, they have 30,000 points. Exactly. Okay. And that's going to be great to be able to, like, look, that, look, look at that. And if you're consistently having these events and people are consistently winning, like you said, that's going to be easier for you to market yourself. That's going to be easier for you to get main event battle slots. That's going to be easier for you to now put yourself in a position to be able to teach and workshop it up, you know, like, and then you can literally build your career. And it literally will help you justify the price that you're asking. For. Yeah. And that's one big thing that we deal with. That's a lot of people that be doing that. Yeah. Like they'll <laughs> charge, they'll overcharge this person, but then do this for this person for free. It's going to definitely give the movement like like a foundational ground. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really what we need. We've been needing that for a while. And then also what that does is show not only the rest of the crump world, but just the dance world in general that we have structure. Yeah. So then we start to attract the attention mm -hmm. of the bigger brands that we wear every day. Yeah. Like a Puma. Yeah, you that's true. Yeah, because the that's how, if I, if I don't know, like full facts, but breakdancing when it become when it became statistical or statistics, like when they had BC one and they started creating that whole system of like you winning and be, being on this level, like the Red Bull BC one All Stars, like all of these crews within how they got that first was building their own events, like freestyle session, mm -hmm. like. Uh, you know, back in the early Vegas days, we had Circa, which was a, a breaking battle. We had um, Vegas Shakedown, which was a breaking battle and a popping battle. Like they built those big events themselves. They had their structure within themselves. And now breaking's in the damn Olympics, mm. you know. And that's something that I would love to We've see. Be, people have talked about that tremendously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, man, this is definitely going to be something big. Yeah. And if you think about it, every... Every big sport that you see, boxing, football, basketball, basketball yeah. they all have a structure. Yeah. A and this is the thing. It doesn't take away from, excuse me, it doesn't take away from the creative side of it at all. Not at all. Because look at N1. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's uh, not stadium football. Um, arena football. Arena football. Mm -hmm. There's small leagues in football mm -hmm. like this could open up a whole different ball game not even just that if you build a, a stat system then you build this circuit who says we can't have kids circuit exactly who says we can't have a smaller circuit within city limits exactly like peewee football it's the same concept why does the reason breaking and hip-hop is in every single studio in the world is because they have a system, they have a structure, they know that this is how you teach it, mm -hmm. and they can present it. Chez did his due diligence to give us that. I personally feel, because we had an arm swing, we had a chest pop, we had a, 
a bang. We had all of these moves. But if I don't feel if Chess didn't level it up and put it on ABDC stage, put it on different stages, and same thing with like Miho, Prissy, like they all had their, if they didn't put it on those stages, we wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I, I'm grateful that you're doing that, man, because somebody needs to invest in the movement like this. And I'm honored to be a part. I'm honored to be involved. And I'm looking forward to it, dude. It'll be fun. And, you know, I definitely want to give a shout out to everybody that's that's been involved so far because it's not something that I can do alone in my mind mentally, being able to come up with the idea, but actually putting it in motion. There's a lot of pieces and a lot of um, partners that, that do that. So so shout out to them for real because it, it's gonna it's a village. It's yeah. not it's not just, you know, one person that's going out and doing this. Like it's it's everybody coming together in some of these big event throwers that we have that we respect coming together and different brands that are mm -hmm. being established coming together to kind of make this this foundation yeah. that that KCS is becoming. Yeah. And to kind of see like the community excitement and get the feedback and being able to listen, it's that's what's going to make it successful is because I'm so we glad listen. you said that. You know what I mean? Because we don't listen to the community. The amount of feedback and questions that I have gotten since the first couple videos have released is insane. And me addressing those concerns, mm -hmm. I think it shows a lot instead of just ignoring it. Dude, there's so many people that have thrown stuff and they don't give information. Mm. Here's a flyer. That's it. But this is something where we can't do that with. You yeah. know what I mean? People have to understand. It's a it's a whole different concept. That there's a rule book, you know, and, it, and all that kind of I stuff. I understand that aspect because when we first brought up the EBS qualifier in 2015, people were like, what's that? Mm. And where we got the idea was from A-Team in Vegas. Because when me and Crooks won the neon battle, the prize was $1,000 and a plane ticket to compete at Fusion Concept mm. in Germany. So to us as street dancers, we're like, what? Hell yeah, I'm competing. <laughs> so we were in Germany. Mm -hmm. We were talking to Swift of A-Team. He was the person that brought us out there. And we were watching EBS footage. And I was like, dang, man. Like, this is crazy. We, it was September. Like, literally, we were in uh, Germany. And it was like, the Fusion concept was like two weeks before EBS. Mm -hmm. So we were watching the last year's footage because it was coming up. And me and me and Crooks look at each other. We're like, let's do an EBS qualifier. Mm. And Swift goes, hey. I'm like, I look at Swift. I'm like, bro, like you guys brought it up. Like this is, we're getting the idea from y'all. But we had to do the same thing where we had to explain things because everybody knew what a tournament was. Mm -hmm. But understanding like, okay, well, if you're giving us a, a qualifier, like, do I have to pay for my ticket? Mm -hmm. Do I get my state covered? Like, there was so many questions. So I understand that because this is a whole new concept. Whole new. It's one that we've never seen before. Yeah. And, you know, those questions, everybody's questions are important. Yep. There's nothing, there's no such thing as a dumb question, especially when you're investing in yourself to battle at this tournament. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, well, how is this tournament different from every other tournament? And just everything is different. The judging is different. The point system is different. The rankings are different. Mm -hmm. And it's something that it's all created based off of the feedback of what the community has stated for so long 
what they want and what they no longer want. Because mm. we talk about it. We do. The community. We, we talk about all it all the time. So I cannot tell you how many times I've heard we need some kind of ranking system in Crump. We need some kind of consistency in Crump. We need to have our own version of the EBS. We need to, you know, there's yeah, those literally. things that we've been speaking about for years. Literally. And it's not that people haven't tried or don't know how to do it, but I think it just takes a village of of people that are on the same page to just take the action. Yeah. That's what EBS, that's what EBS is. That's what Illist is. Mm -hmm. It's not one person. Even the arc wasn't one person. I was heading the project. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I did a lot of the ideas. I did a lot of the design. I did a lot of the website. I did what I was good at and other people helped me promote it. You know what I'm saying? But like it's the event itself. It was one rounds event. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So like we all had a play in thinking of the battles thinking of who we were booking for workshops, thinking of who was the judges. You get what I'm saying? Like, we all had a play in that. But, like, there has to be a person that takes that initiative, and that's what I want to express because you took that initiative. You took that initiative to even have meetings with everybody. You took that initiative to think of the concept. You took that initiative to build a website, build a logo. Like, if you didn't do that, we wouldn't have it. So understand that, yes, it does take a village, but it's one person that sparks the village to have the motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what you did. So, but man, it's been a great conversation. Super great. Um, Let's sit here and talk all day. I know we could, <laughs> but we had our time limit. Um, do me a favor, y'all. Like, subscribe, do turn on that notification bell. Do me a favor and follow Crump, uh, Crump Championship Series on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and uh, Facebook. Make sure you look at the videos. He's the man behind the master plan, 50 grand. <laughs> That's my little quote. Don't judge me. Um, and it's been a great episode, man. Great episode of Hive Hustle. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and y'all have a good one. Peace. It's official now. The Hive Hustle Podcast about to sit you down. Go and fix your crown. This ain't a grain of salt. Pick your brain and thoughts, even through a major loss. Still remain a boss. 